This is Cashflow Ninja, episode 144, with Kira Golden. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast empowering and inspiring people to discover how to generate their own income and manage, grow, and protect their own wealth in the new economy. Now, here is your host, MC Laubscher. Hello everyone, MC Lobster here and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today and in today's show we're going to look at how to increase your cash flow creatively. I'm very excited to have on as my guest Kira Golden. Kira Golden has a wealth of experience uh, from the world of investing in real estate, equities, venture funding, and much, much more. By the time she was able to vote, she had already had holdings in real estate and the stock market. Less than a decade later, she was able to leave her position as a financial advisor for Edward Jones and live off of her investment income. At present, she owns investment properties around the world, including Washington State, Colorado, Arizona, Illinois, Ohio, Puerto Rico, and and France. As a magna cum laude graduate of the George Washington University with a bachelor's degree in both sociology and political science and a master's in public administration, she combines her real-world investing experience with a solid academic foundation from one of the top universities. The most valuable thing Kira has received from investing is financial freedom. She is able to work as much or as little as she would like while spending her time as a homemaker and a mother. Please share your feedback and thoughts with me on today's interview. You can let me know your thoughts on Twitter by tweeting me at MCLobsher or by email at info at CashflowNinja.com. And please remember to join our mailing list by signing up at CashflowNinja.com or texting CashflowNinja, one word, all capitalized, to 44222. That's two fours and three twos. You can support the show by becoming a patron on Patreon for $10 a month. And when you become a patron, you get access to our private Facebook page and a Cashflow Ninja t-shirt. You can become a patron by visiting CashflowNinja.com forward slash support. Have you read Rich Dad Poor Dad? Are you interested in real estate investing and don't know where to start or to get the results you want? For valuable information to get you started, visit JoinOps Properties at JoinOpsProperties.com. If you're not earning at least 8% on your cash, you do not want to miss the private lending presentation for non-accredited investors done by Jimmy Freeland and Bob Scott. Discover how to create an income stream from real estate without the management headaches. You can access the presentation at CashflowNinja.com forward slash private lending. Spartan Invest have a proven plan and system helping investors creating passive income and wealth through turnkey real estate ownership in the exciting market of Birmingham, Alabama. Find out why Birmingham has got it going on, why it's a steal right now, why it's a millennial hangout, a hidden gem, and one of the most exciting investment opportunities you have never heard of. You can download your free report, Five Big Reasons to Invest in the Magical City of Birmingham, Alabama, at CashflowNinja.com forward slash Spartan. 
I've spoken about the most powerful system on the planet, on the show, the banking system. And my firm, Valhalla Wealth Financial, helps people reclaim the banking function within their own lives through leveraging the premium tools and strategies of the wealthy. If you're interested in reclaiming the banking function within your own life and the infinite banking concept, you can access a free webinar presentation at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. Kira, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thanks for having us. Could you please share a little bit about your background and your journey with my listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think most often I'm described as being sort of a scrappy real estate investor. Um, I've, like many investors, started with not uh, not much direction, not much leadership. In fact, um, I got started when before Robert Kiyosaki had even written uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So I kind of had to figure out um, what I was doing on my own, um, made a lot of mistakes, but I've been lucky to have an amazing team around us to, to help us grow and, and learn. And um, so we've jumped from single family up through multifamily and diversified uh, real estate holdings over the last 15 years or so. Now, what is your philosophical approach to investing and creating and building wealth? Yeah. Um, so, the core philosophy behind what we do is that we have, one, we always want to remember that the real estate is uh, it's a util. It's a thing. Um, it's a product that exists to serve a particular vision or mission for the way the world should be. Um, so philosophically what's driving us is a fundamental desire to see average, typical, what I usually call first generation made good uh, people, sort of the demographic I would relate to, um, have access to the kinds of deals that often are reserved sort of for what we might say the big boys. Um, so I'm really passionately driven about creating investment access um, for investors who we say maybe have just barely credif- qualified as accredited up through maybe a $9 million net worth, um, a group of us that are generally a little too too big to be with the traditional uh, retail investment firms and um, certainly a little too small to be serviced properly by, um, by a, you know, a family office or whatnot. And so, uh, you know, making a difference for those people is what we do every day. That's fantastic because that's exactly what I try to do as well with my firm and my podcast is trying to uh, just uh, inform and and show all these premium strategies usually reserved for exclusive investors. So definitely commend you on that. Um, Now, you have a very unique and creative strategy that you're using uh, incorporating and combining sort of your lifestyle real estate investments uh, along with your long-time buy and hold real estate uh, investments. Can you share a little bit more about this strategy with my listeners? Absolutely. I'd be happy to. Um, Yeah. So uh, kind of simultaneously, I bought my first single family home uh, in Arizona while um, also within a year or two doing my first international deal in, in France. And so that was sort of where this idea was born. I mean, it was back in you know, 2004, 2005 that I started doing it on a small scale. Um, now we leverage that on much, much larger assets at a larger scale. But basically, um, in order to reduce vacancy time, um, to reduce turn time and, and downtime on property, um, and also generate a little bit of a premium over market rents, 
reduce collections and uh, increase the speed at which we, we get prepayments in on our projects, um, we offer a vacation incentive on a number of our properties to our long-term uh, tenants. So if someone signs a, a year lease, for example, and pays you know, every month on or before the first and uh, is a reliable tenant, then we will uh, give them a week stay in one of our vacation assets that we've, as that portfolio grows, the, the choices that they have grow as well. Um, so we're really passionately dedicated to, in terms of our product, not only uh, increasing our economic efficiency, but also giving sort of a lifestyle boost to a lot of our C-class tenants who may not otherwise have access to the opportunity to go do a ski con- uh, vacation in Chamonix, France, or come down to Puerto Rico and spend a week on the beach. Um, so we give, we give them opportunities like that. Um, we've also expanded other services, um, such as like valet laundry um, and whatnot in C-class assets that, that don't traditionally have that sort of value lifestyle play. Um, so we want to take the, the lifestyle benefits that we enjoy receiving and, and share those with a demographic that historically doesn't have it um, and do so in a way that makes us more profitable too. This is a very unique strategy. And obviously there were some th- goals behind this, combining the two. What were some of the main drivers that you looked at um, as you executed this strategy? Yeah, um, so definitely on a, when someone has a large single-family portfolio, one of the largest expenses is often the downtime between getting a new tenant in. Um, and then a follow-on expense are collections, you know, unpaid uh, rents. And then probably the third would be, you know, what, what your market premium is that you could get against, your, you know, the house next door. Uh, these things also map over to our multifamily assets, but the model was built uh, initially on single-family um, so with those being expensive economic uh, drivers in terms of controlling operating expenses, um, the vacation incentive helps motivate the tenant um, to pay on time, uh, to pay a little bit higher rent. Uh, it's also often an incentive on a look and lease. You know, if somebody's kind of questioning where they want to sign up and you say, look, if you, you know, if you do this now, you're eligible for a week's vacation. Uh, if you don't do it now, you're not, you know, it's not going to be here when you come back. Um, it helps kind of keep the momentum going um, on the projects. Um, additionally, you know, I find that um, the utilization rate, the number of people who actually take us up on this um, is surprisingly small. We don't go into it with that hope. I mean, it would be wonderful if everybody participated, um, but we get a lot of the, essentially we get a lot of the benefits for free um, because people go in sort of with best intentions thinking they're going to go take a vacation and, you know, they make their payments on time they they do the look and lease, they pay the rent premium uh, and then they never follow through. Um, again, like that's not ideal. We'd love for them to enjoy the vacation, but economically it certainly uh, isn't bad for us that, that we end up um, getting the benefits with, with really ultimately not much of a cost. That's very interesting, and it's it's a psychological thing too, right? Because I can think of uh, a couple of other instances where, yeah, I will pay a, an extra premium with the hope or the opportunity to have access to something else. Um, yeah. No, so this is this is very interesting. So just to clarify, you guys make this. You know, you say you can go and ski in this prop on this property um, for a ski vacation to France or go down to Puerto Rico, but they have to pay the airfare and all Correct. of the costs involved with it. 
Right. They get, they get the use of the facility and there's usually some sort of cleaning fee or whatnot, but you know, significantly nominal compared to the cost of, of actually doing a vacation in one of those assets. And how do you position this uh, from a marketing standpoint uh, in your marketing strategy to, uh, to lease of these properties in the United States? Yeah, that's a good question. And one we're actually in the process of refining at the moment. Um, you know, historically, we, we included some information about it um, when somebody is getting ready to move in or, or maybe sometimes on the Craigslist posting. Um, you know, to, it's uh, you want to when you're, you know, it's, it's shocking, actually, how many multifamily property management companies are just using Craigslist. Everyone's using Craigslist or some vari- variation of that. Um, and when you can put on your photos, um, not just a beautiful apartment unit, but the photos, you know, we all know photos catch people's attention. So, you know, when you have the photo of the beach in Puerto Rico or the, the beautiful mountains in Chamonix or, uh, you know, the mountain cabin in Colorado, wherever it is, those, um, those images uh, attract someone to maybe even just take a look at your ad who, who wouldn't have otherwise done it. So we do that there in the postings um, and then also selectively uh, in the uh, apartment buildings as we're leasing up. Um, if we need to offer an additional incentive, we'll, we'll incentivize them there while, while tenants are looking at the property. It's creating and, and, and forming that picture of that memory, right? that right. they're about to have. And I, what I love about this strategy is it takes price out of the picture because the right. value is so powerful. So now all of a sudden you're not competing against other uh, real estate investors and, and property management companies on rental prices. Right. Yeah. There's still a bit of a reality check, um, but I, I have occasionally been able to get as much as a hundred dollar a door premium um, on rentals and, and we're talking rentals that are in the seven, $800 a month price range. So that, that's a substantial premium, um, that certainly well covers. And this is the interesting thing about the psychology of it. Um, someone could rent one of my condos in Puerto Rico for a hundred dollars a night and they'll pay an extra hundred dollars a month for 12 months to come spend seven nights. But it gets like you're saying to the psychology of it, the it's built in. You don't have to think about it. I've certainly done this myself. You know, I've bought a group on thinking, okay, yeah, I'm going to go do that. And then never do. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Oh yes. (laughs) You know, like, um, but, but when, when people are in that mindset where they're going, okay, where am I going to live? We want to get them thinking about what is my lifestyle going to be? if I live here and, and, you know, we specialize primarily in, in C and and B, you know, B minus C plus assets. Um, But, you know, people who live in those complexes have dreams too. And, you know, nothing makes me happier than when they actually act on that and, and get to enjoy a lifestyle that's a little bit different from anything that they may have experienced previously. Um, And particularly in that demographic, this works well because, it's also a demographic that's sort of uh, better set up for, it's almost like a layaway program. They're better set up to sort of put a little bit of every month away as part of their monthly burn um, than to try to save the money up. Um, you know, so it, it sort of supports their success in, in having a more balanced uh, lifestyle. Right, right. Uh, and again, as you mentioned too, it's, it's the, this 
experience that you're selling, right? This idea and vision for themselves of this lifestyle. Let's start on vacation rentals for a little bit. You're very well-traveled and love to travel. It's a passion of yours. Um, Do you have any vacation rentals uh, in the United States as well? Um, No, we don't currently have anything in the States. Um, We're looking at some properties. Um, We're also, I'm going up in June to Vancouver uh, to go look at some vacation properties. I know Vancouver's not the States, but it's close. Um, my interest really is more internationally. Um, so I'm going to be heading out to Australia. Um, I'm looking, um, in Croatia and looking on the black sea. Um, I, you know, I am interested in building a portfolio in particular vacation properties, not only because to me, these are the places that I love to travel. Um, but also because I feel like there's some pricing arbitrage that we can benefit from um, by going outside of the States. Um, we get a, we get a much nicer premium uh, in our returns uh, internationally. Now let's stay on vacation rentals just uh, for a second here. When you're looking at uh, these opportunities and looking at places where to potentially buy vacation rentals, what is sort of the framework that you use as a basis for decision-making and what would you advise people to look for? Um, You and I just spoken before the interview, obviously property rights is a very big one, right? Being from South Africa, I know that it's completely different in a lot of uh, different places. Um, What advice would you give to some of the listeners and, and what things do you look for? Yeah. So the very first thing I do is I come with no assumptions um, because if I have a model and I'm going in and trying to overlay my model, I may pass on something that really I shouldn't have passed on. So just using the example of property rights, um, it, it seems maybe obvious that you would need to have property rights to do a deal somewhere, especially if that's the framework you've grown up being used to. Um, but I would challenge that a little and say, and, and having said that, I haven't done a deal anywhere where they don't have property rights. Um, but I wouldn't say I'm completely closed off to it because um, if you can make a model that works and recoups your capital in, let's say, two years or three years or one year, um, and there's a certain risk to, hey, at some point, I may not know if I own this property or I may not be able to run this business, but I've gotten all my capital back out. Uh, in a short period of time, and I'm creating exponentially high returns, um, it may be worth doing. We're evaluating a deal right now that's like that. Um, So, you know, the the fundamental framework is kind of have no framework. So one of the weird things I do um, when I go and look at a new project or a new property is I sit in the middle of it and I, whatever you want to call it, I call it prayer, right? I pray, call it meditate, call it sit and think, whatever works for someone's worldview. Um, but I sit and I pray and, um, and I look for the way that that community could work for our model. I'm looking from the eyes of there is a solution here. Um, and then I'm engaging locally. So before I do anything on a, like I'll never buy on a first trip out somewhere. Um, I'm connecting with the local community. I'm going door to door. I'm, I'm meeting with people and meeting with the businesses um, I'm asking the same question over and over again in different ways to try to triangulate an accurate answer um, to really understand what makes that community tick. And as much as possible, pulling away my own ego and my own identity in the situation, because trying to come in, and I'll use Puerto Rico as an example, even as a U.S. territory, it's a very different culture. Uh, and when I first came into Puerto Rico, I tried to incentivize 
local staff to work in the way that I was used to incentivizing people to work, i.e. bonuses, money, deadlines. Um, highly ineffective. Um, after probably about six months, um, I, I realized because I went to go to Home Depot on, on Mother's Day and they were closed, it kind of a light bulb went off and I realized, you know, the culture here is really all about family. And so if I'm going to incentivize and be successful down here, I have to figure out how to support the people who work for me in being and having a win with their family in being respected and regarded for the work that they're doing with us, with their extended community. So, you know, instead of financial bonuses, it's like, okay, if we get this done, we'll wrap up early on Friday. Let's go to the beach, call your family and I'll buy everybody pizzas. Um, that works out to be a better motivator. Um, so when we go internationally, it's really about letting your own culture go, letting your own assumptions go and looking at what's so there that's going to make it successful. You're listening to Kira Golden on the Cashflow Ninja podcast. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Are you on track to achieve your financial goals? Income-producing real estate is the most historically proven way to accumulate wealth and has created more financial freedom than any other means. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best turnkey cash flow rental properties. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly income. Get your free strategy session with our knowledgeable investment counselors at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. You're listening to Kira Golden on the Cashflow Ninja podcast, and now back to our interview. What uh, size properties do you look for overseas, too, for vacation rentals right yeah. now? Yeah. Uh, so when I do a first deal, I like to stay pretty small, but not so small that it's ineffective. So we like to, you know, $5 million or so is like a, an okay jumping off point for a first deal in an area. Um, it's, it's small enough that if I make a completely wrong judgment, I can sort of salvage it on my own without impacting anyone who's invested with me. Um, and, uh, and then once we've gotten our foothold and we've gone through the learning curve and whatnot, you know, then we're going to start to scale up and look for deals that are in our more typical deal size, anywhere from 15 to 25, maybe 30 million. Gotcha. And coming back to the United States too, for a second, what markets do you guys operate in? And if so, why? And what size properties do you guys look for in the United States? Yep. Um, same, same size. You know, we're looking at uh, 15 to, to maybe max 30 million. Um, we're, we've got a deal in Colorado. We've got a deal. Uh, we've got deals in Arizona, um, deals in the Midwest right now, primarily in Ohio. We're looking at some stuff in Indiana. Um, the, the reason I, I like those markets, Arizona's my home market. It's where I bought my very first single family house. I grew up in California, but I couldn't afford like many people, California. So, um, so Arizona is where I cut my teeth as an investor. Um, and so that's often a, a good, uh, home base to go back to. Um, but also the Midwest is really attractive. I mean, the cap rates are strong. The returns are very stable. Um, and our core investment model is reduced stress, live well, have consistent returns. Um, so you're, you're not going to generally find us swinging for the fences. Um, I'm more interested in buying things that are stable and then managing them creatively to create grand slam kinds of returns, but on assets that at the end of the day will function 
you know, tried and true no matter what. And the Midwest is great for that. No, great. And let's talk about management because obviously uh, it's a it's a global uh, business that you're running here. So uh, let's talk about the management structure. Can you share a little bit about how that fits in? How you guys operate and manage the the U.S. business and portfolio, and also the international vacation uh, rental side of the business? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we have a great partnership with Shelton Cook um, on our properties in Arizona. They're an amazing management company. We're looking to expand them into some of our other assets uh, domestically. Um, and then we're working also with Town Properties in the Midwest, another you know, world-class management company. So our, our business model is really, again, it's about simplicity and about quality and exceptionalism. So you know, you'll often see us working with the best in class. Um, you know, yeah, there might be a premium on that sometimes, but we find that the the premium is usually well worth it. Um, and the way we make sure it's well worth it is through our asset management company. So domestically, our assets are managed by National Asset Services and, and Karen Kennedy and her team out of Southern California. Um, they are unbelievable. They're involved you know, daily in oversight of the property management company and evaluating that cost-benefit analysis. Um, you know, if, if what we're paying them is worth the value that they're creating and the savings that they're providing. Um, and we, we do that quite intentionally. We don't want to uh, overextend ourselves. It's always a risk when you have um, my compulsion for new and innovative deal-making. Um, so you have to fig- one has to figure out how to still be systematic. So we, we bring in top quality management companies um, to supplement that so that I can continue to look for, for new and exciting deal opportunities with my team. Um, internationally, it's case by case. Um, in France, for example, we use a management company. They've been my management company since 2006. Um, you know, they do, they can do really anything in Europe um, and do it quite well. They specialize in the vacation rental market. Um, in Puerto Rico, we've built out our own management staff. We, we tried working with local management companies, couldn't find someone that we were comfortable with. And, and so we've built that team out ourselves here. What are some of the keys to success for, if there's listeners out there listening to our conversation, what are some of the keys to, to being successful in the vacation rental business? And what are some of the challenges uh, that you see out there for that industry as well? Yeah, um, I would say the primary key from our perspective is underwrite your vacation assets like buy and hold assets. In other words, vacation assets command quite a nice premium when the market's good and people are flush. And they're one of the first to take a hit when economies shrink back and and people go back on a budget. Um, So you want to underwrite your assets so that if you had to rent them out, long-term buy and hold, you're not going to be upside down or underwater, um, but that when the market's good, you can participate in that additional premium. Um, The other thing is, and this is part of why we do this combination strategy with our multifamily, um, it sort of serves as our own internal hedge. Um, If the market drops on on vacation assets, um, we are collecting a premium on our multifamily properties that can offset that on the vacation assets. Um, So, you know, my thing is always have a plan A, B, C, and then generally some subcategories to each one of those. You know, if, if A1, then, you know, then Q, if A2, then R, um, you know, so we just have 
massively thought through in excruciating detail, multiple, multiple exit strategies and restructuring strategies. Um, one of the other major uh, challenges to vacation properties is credit. Um, you know, you work hard as a domestic real estate investor, you've got good relationships with your lenders, and then you want to go do a deal in Croatia and you're starting over a lot of the time um, building that credit relationship. So we do a lot of our initial deals as cash when we go into a new market um, and we really manage our downside credit risk um, until we have a stabilized program um, and then begin to get uh, credit domestically in that in that country. What kind of a influence has uh, Airbnb and all of these other companies, what, what, what impact are they having on the vacation rental business? Yeah, um, I would say it's mixed. Um, so I was just at the Airbnb Open in LA. Um, I say just, but I guess that was almost six months ago now. Um, you know, and they were very clear there that they were not targeting professional vacation management investors you know, that their mission and their vision was the home share, the community building of, you know, renting a room in your house, um, you know, that that's what they're committed to. Um, having said that, there are still lots of people who are creating Airbnb businesses, whether they're leasing a property and renting it out or buying property or building property, it's happening. Um, I would say that, um, it's not at anywhere near a scale necessary to be a threat to um, the kinds of business that we do. Um, I would say when it does start to become a threat, it's going to be more to the traditional hotel sector because people are changing the way they vacation. Um, our vacation rentals are their, their condos or their homes. Um, you come in and you have the refrigerator stocked with, you know, your favorite things and, um, the, you know, the linens on the bed are, are like a home, not a hotel. And there are a lot of people who enjoy that. Um, it's also, you know, we're reaching, it's interesting because the traditional space and sort of the new space are overlapping. Um, you know, so we're advertising on Orbitz, Expedia, Travelocity, Airbnb, VRBO. Um, but behind the scenes, these companies are kind of doing mergers and acquisitions and sort of uh, vying for who's going to own that space. Um, ultimately, I think they're all the same travel channels. And, you know, from, from a vacation management standpoint, you just get your name out there with everybody and the channels will change over time, but just keep putting your name out there. Now, let's talk about direct source wealth, and you've spoken about the operations and investing philosophy and the management of the business, and you guys offer a pretty unique diversification strategy. Can you speak to this value uh, proposition and offering that you guys are providing for investors? Yeah. Um, we Our ultimate vision, our ultimate objective, as, as we mentioned kind of at the beginning, is to create access for that accredited or qualified investor up through maybe a nine, $10 million net worth investor. Um, but not just access. I, I came from, you know, the financial services world as a financial advisor and, you know, diversification, diversification was beat in my head. Uh, and I happen to believe in it. So, you know, we've, we've struck, we've, we've worked hard and we're continuing to grow um, our diversified product offering so that when an investor says, Hey, you know, I've got a million dollars or $2 million uh, in my 401k and I'm tired of stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. Um, I want to get into real estate, but I don't know how. Um, it can be quite a learning curve. If you're a successful executive 
and you're working, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week, and you're going to try to learn, you know, nine different real estate investment companies, philosophies, management techniques, checks and balances. Um, We've seen a lot of these people go into analysis paralysis and do nothing for over a year. Um, So what we what we seek to do is provide them the ability to do due diligence on one company, go really, really deep with us and understand who we are and our philosophies and how we do things. And then through us have access to direct note lending, multifamily properties, vacation rental properties, senior housing, storage units, um, so that we can, you know, they can select diversified property nationally or internationally, control their international exposure, their domestic exposure, their um, debt versus equity exposure, um, but, but do so kind of in a one-stop shop in terms of getting to know who the principals are and who they're working with. But Kara, one habit I've observed from wealthy and successful people is that they're always studying new subjects and they're learning new skill sets. What are you currently studying and what new skill sets are you currently learning? Yeah, um, so I've gotten really deeply plugged in with Dave Ramsey's Entre Leadership Program, and it's been amazing. Um, and so that's taking me through a whole curriculum of uh, business development. I would say one of the biggest skill sets I've been working on is how I've always been a decent delegator but how to inspire and teach leadership so that organization can grow. Um, so it's one thing to be able to lead and inspire yourself, but if we're going to reach the heights and serve the demographic we want to serve well, um, we have to get outside of ourselves as an organization, and every single pers- person in our organization needs to be a leader. Um, so, so, so you can delegate tasks, that's one thing, um, but, but building leaders and creating a culture that can grow on its own, um, that's the challenge we're focused on right now. Yeah, and that's a, that's a great skill set. Uh, now, a core message in our show is to leave our families, communities, and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, not just money. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? Uh, number one would be know who you are before you do anything. Um, don't, you know, in other words, don't chase money. Don't, t- don't chase a particular job. Seek internally who you are and then do that to its fullest and you will have financial success um, you know, don't go for the job that just looks like it has the best pay. Um, number two, seek to understand how you can be of service to others without forgetting how they're going to be of service to you. Um, I've seen too many people who are, have a great service mindset, but they forget that they also have to do things that serve themselves <laughs> um, and they burn out. <laughs> so you can't burn out. You got to serve yourself and others. You've got to find that true win-win situation. Um, and then number three, pause. We've gotten so busy, so inundated. So like, I mean, just while we've been talking, my phone's gone off. I don't know how many times. Um, Create a quiet environment to go deep, to think, um, to bring out in yourself something that's bigger than anything you thought before. And if you get busy and you don't pause, that won't happen. Kira, how can my audience learn more about you, your company, and stay informed of all of the projects that you guys are involved with? 
yeah, our website's a great place to get started. They can sign up there to get access to our private um, offers. Uh, that's directsourcewealth.com. Um, or they can call us, 844-SOURCE-4. Like, think 844-SOURCE-4 deals. Um, so 844-SOURCE-4, and uh, that'll route to any one of our uh, real estate consultants. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey and your knowledge and providing so much value for my listeners. Well, thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. It's nice connecting with you. This is MC Laubscher, the host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast. As you may know, I'm also the president and chief wealth strategist of Valhalla Wealth Financial. We help individuals, families, small businesses, entrepreneurs, and professionals build their wealth outside of Wall Street and help investors maximize the use of every dollar in their personal economy and boost their investment gains. We do this by combining the capital and investments with the financial vehicle of the wealthy according to the infinite banking concept. If you're interested to learn more about privatized banking and the infinite banking concept, you can access an exclusive webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. Thank you for joining my guest, Kira Golden, and myself on the Cashflow Ninja today. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here at the Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. I'm always trying to learn and improve in every area of my life, so if there's any way that I can provide more value to you and serve you better, please reach out to me at info at cashflowninja.com. If you're not a subscriber to the Cashflow Ninja Gushku newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at cashflowninja.com or text Cashflow Ninja to 44222. That's two fours and three twos. You can also support the show by becoming a patron on Patreon for $10 a month. When you become a patron for 12 months, you get access to our private Facebook page and a Cashflow Ninja t-shirt. Jimmy Freeland and Bob Scott have been in your shoes and have used real estate investing to become financially free. They've designed a system to take any beginner to an experienced deal-making investor in the least amount of time. They offer opportunities from basic education, coaching, bridge loan investing to turnkey investments in the cash-flowing market of St. Louis, Missouri. For more information, please visit joinopsproperties.com or call Jimmy and Bob at 314-799-2247. If you're not earning at least 8% on your cash, you do not want to miss the private lending presentation for non-accredited investors done by Jimmy Freeland and Bob Scott. Discover how to create an income stream from real estate without the management headaches. You can access the presentation at cashflowninja.com forward slash private lending. Creating passive income for you and your family is easier than you think. All you need are three things. The right plan, the right product, and the right turnkey provider. As an investor, you want a safe, profitable, and convenient way to invest your capital without being at the mercy of stock market fluctuation. Investing in real estate in a turnkey way that provides monthly passive income with very low risk is exactly what Spartan Invest provides for their clients. Their mission is to make investing in real estate easy for the busy professional. Spartan Invest help investors create passive income and wealth through turnkey ownership in Birmingham, Alabama. You can download your free report, Five Big Reasons to Invest in the Magical City of Birmingham, Alabama, at cashflowninja.com forward slash Spartan. 
the wealthiest families on the planet know how to capture their wealth and then leveraging their wealth through their own banking system. If you're interested in privatized banking and the infinite banking concept and learning the premier strategies of the wealthiest individuals and families on the planet, you can access your free webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. That's our show for today, everyone. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. You have been listening to the Cashflow Ninja with your host, MC Laubscher, the podcast empowering and inspiring people to discover how to generate their own income and manage, grow, and protect their own wealth in the new economy. Today's show notes and resources are available on our website, CashflowNinja.com. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objective, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness. 